Fanatic.com's Morning Relay. You are listening to the show that's all about fantasy baseball. We're here to serve you. It's me, Michael Gobier. I am your host and my partner in crime, though we're pretty innocent people. I don't think we're criminals, so I don't know why that's a... There needs to be a better phrase than that, a new saying. But anyways, he's here. He's the main man from Rotofanatic.com. You love him from Carm's Clubhouse. It is Carm Mayorano. How's it going, Carm? I'm doing well, Mike. You're absolutely my PIC. Wow. All right. Okay, cool. Well, then let's just roll with it. You know, when, when I first saw that, I thought it was partner in charge. And I was like, oh, yeah, my wife is definitely the PIC. <laughs> <laughs> partner in charge. I've never heard that before. Huh. It's not a thing. <laughs> well, you can run the show here. Let's go ahead. Take control. It's just you and me. We're going to do this together. We're going to talk about baseball fantasy perspective, of course. Because at RotoFanatic.com, that's what it's all about. We're here to serve you, give you the goods, help you win. And as the season's winding down here, we only got about 18 more days or so. If you're in head-to-head leagues with playoffs, you're going to need our advice. Uh, even if you're in Roto Leagues that are you're still trying to climb into a couple of spots. I mean, because we're not at the 140-game point. We're only at like the 45-game point. So check out RotoFanatic.com. Read uh, Paul Mamino's new GPS report today. It's about Corbin Burns and the changes he's made. We're going to talk about Corbin Burns momentarily. He's been fantastic. And Paul's piece shows you the pitch miss pitch mix adjustments and other little things he's tweaked to make him what has become i think uh Carm, i think we are witnessing the corbin burns breakout right now is is that fair to say you know what i'm actually not as high as pretty much everyone else is on him <laughs> oh, <buzzkill>. <laughs> but he's still he's still so good though but i just don't think he's quite as good as like you know like top 15 starting pitcher right now oh well, yeah i'm not saying that i'm just saying what we're seeing right now looks like a breakout. I mean, if it's three oh, starts yeah. in a row, but it doesn't mean that he's permanently established himself, but yeah, he, yeah, cool. he's absolutely breaking out. I saw a poll on Twitter. It was like Corbin Burns, where will you draft him? And one of the options was like top 70 overall. And I was like, that's just seems a little too rich for my blood. That's about, you know, that's top 15, top 20. Um, yeah, that's yeah, just, that that's really rich. high. And again, you know, he did amazing yesterday, but no offense, Mike, but it was against your tigers. Oh, that is a shot. And it's deservedly so because the offense has been playing way over its head. So uh, it's good to see a pitcher actually tame the offense because this team is not good. I just don't know how they've been competing, but I give them credit for hanging in there because they could have thrown in the towel and they didn't. Yes. But let, you know, let's get to the main story first. So we're going to talk about the Milwaukee game, but we're combining the two blowouts. But the big blowout, obviously, everybody's waking up. If for some reason you went to bed at like 7.30 p.m. last night and you missed it, 29-9, to 9, the Atlanta Braves dismantled the Miami Marlins <laughs> in spectacular fashion. Uh, Pablo Lopez, who a lot of people like a lot, they think of him as a kind of on-the-rise pitcher, a guy who gets a lot of swings and misses and... He was the one who started this, Carm. He's the one who got tattooed first, but not as much as Jordan Yamamoto <laughs> did because he gave up 12 earned, 13 total. And <laughs> I mean, uh, you can go any direction with this. You got Acuna with five RBI, a Freeman had six, but the main guy, the guy who keeps stealing the show from everybody on the Braves right now, Adam Duvall, three home runs, nine RBI. He's had two, three home run games in the last week because he did it at Fenway a week ago. And I've been on the podcast both of those times. So I think I'm his good luck charm. Yeah, um, really? Yeah, that must be true. It's crazy. And then again, one of his home runs had an expected batting average of 150. 
not 150 <laughs> exit velocity mat whenever you listen to this <laughs> i mean i remember that yeah <laughs> he's got he's got 13 bombs like you said he's got Stupid. 142 wrc plus but he's still so confounding he lowered his ridiculously high launch angle from 25 degrees still to a still pretty high 20 degrees He's hitting the ball actually less hard than he was last year. He's still striking out a ton and he's not walking. It's just like, I don't, he just runs into these heaters once a week and all of a sudden he has 13 bombs over, over a normal typical season. He's probably still on the, he's on the waiver wire like all year, even though he'll fit, he'd finish like 25 homers. He just doesn't do anything else and you can't predict when it happens. But in, um, in a shortened season like this, I feel like you got to ride the hot hand. Imagine the DFS lineup last night. If you happen to play Duvall and like, uh, I don't know. I mean, not Freeman, not even like the studs. Just if you played a couple of guys like Louis, R- Louis Urias of the Brewers and Adam yes. Duvall. I mean, these are cheap and, guys. Um, and D- Darnold, he had a big game too. Yep, Darnold, yep. The winner of DFS yesterday had like over 350 points in FanDuel and you only need like 150 to cash usually, if that. Wow. So it was just wow. kind of crazy. Um Louis Louis Urias, did you see his um his the double he had yesterday by chance? Uh I did not actually. I missed that. He um he so he hits this, you know, pretty good, you know, ball down the left field line and he just stands and holds his pose like it was gone and it landed like 15 20 feet short of the fence. Like dude just <laughs> just has no power at all. I was laughing very hard when that <laughs> happened. <laughs> I would have laughed if I saw it. Yeah, that that guy deserves that. Although, you know, Left field is usually a place where you can tee off at Comerica. It's known as a pitcher right. park. Left field's a great place to hit home runs. But even Louis Urias could not cash in <laughs> with that double. And he deserves to be laughed at. But I will say, between these two games, you know, 19 nothing for the Brewers over the Tigers, 29-9, Braves over the Marlins. The Corbin Burns pitching performance, to me, is the most intriguing part of it. And I know we kind of alluded to it with Paul's article that's out now on rotafanatic.com. And I was just impressed that he was able to do it again and only give up one damn hit. He gave up a triple. That's all he gave up yesterday. So it wasn't like he kind of danced around a lot of base runners. He was fantastic. And in the last three outings, he has really asserted himself as the man. And I am loving it. I, I'm all for it. I am the guy who's been waiting for the breakout and was really excited about Burns. I drafted him a lot in all the leagues I've been in. So I was excited for this opportunity to kind of take shape and, I was a little dismayed when he got put in like the bullpen role at the beginning of August there when they had like a restart because they had a series canceled. But he was still pitching like starter innings, but it was, I don't know, I was bummed out. But now it looks like everybody who's waited for this is uh, cashing in. Yeah, I mean, I liked mostly what I saw yesterday. He did a really good job of executing his game plan with fastballs down and away. Uh, His sinkers were in against righties. His cutter on the black against lefties showed excellent command. Overall, amazing, 36% CSW, led by his cutter. The one thing I am concerned about, and that I didn't say at the beginning of the show, but it's one of the reasons I'm not as high on him, is that his changeup is his third pitch. He doesn't throw it often, and it didn't have any whiffs or called strikes. So part of me is you know, a little concerned that without a third pitch to rely on, that he could get hit around against better offenses. But he has also abandoned the four-seamer completely. And he's using the sinker and the cutter to his advantage more. So that's a good thing, too. Right. But I do see right. your point that that uh, it would be nice if he could develop that changeup. If he could do that, then I think it would really solidify him as probably an elite pitcher overall. Yeah. Um, give, give him an offseason to work on that. I think that 
the break, the full on breakout, that top 20 starting pitcher potential is there. But I would, you know, I want to see that before it happens. <laughs> I, I agree. You're right. That makes sense. Uh, Corbin Burns, a lot of fun. Uh, by the way, just as a side note, this game, Matt Boyd, there was a lot of tweets about him for some reason. I mean, it was the early game, too. So I guess it got a lot of focus. Free game on YouTube. Free game <laughs> yes, yes. YouTube's coverage also gets a lot of. Uh, it's not good. I don't think it's that good. No, but anyways, hey, it's a free so. game. So if you don't have MLB TV, it's nice if you're poor. And uh, sometimes I am poor, so I understand that. Uh, anyways, Matthew Boyd uh, was not good. He got shellacked. He got toasted. And it looks like he's just a streamer now. I don't, <laughs> I don't even think he's rosterable. No, I don't. I don't think so either. It's not like the Brewers were, are one of the best hitting offenses or anything. Exactly. They're still, they're still in the yeah. bottom of the NL. Like he's just toast, honestly. Yeah, it's me bad. and Curlin were just talking about that yesterday, about the Brewers' offense is terrible. And now here they are exploding for 19 runs like it's like part of their routine. It's so not part of their right. routine. Right, right. And when you have Evisail Garcia hitting leadoff, you just know that's not a fully functioning offense, and you still put up 19 <laughs> runs. That, that's a good line. I like that. That's true. That is. There's a lot of truth in that. That's what you get here on the morning relay. Rotofanatic.com's daily breakdown of the fantasy baseball realm. We give you the truth. Me and Carm here telling it like it is. Uh, obviously, we had the big explosion, Atlanta and Milwaukee games, a lot of runs, a lot of good times. We'll always have this fun night. I love a fun night like that. It's cool. It kind of breaks the season up a bit. And I'll always remember the fact that uh, Adam Duvall combined in two games had half his home runs. So, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. The The only downer thing for me was that I had Kesson Hira and Ozuna as really my only exposure in those two games in my season long leagues. And they come out for one hit on 48 oh. runs. How does oh, that happen? And, and Yelich. Yeah, he didn't do anything either. No, he did absolutely nothing. I mean, he's another curious case, right? Like he yeah. was he was even left in against a position player and he couldn't get a hit against him. It was so Travis bizarre. Demeron, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So Travis Demerite served up four and runs as an outfielder pitcher, and he could not cash in on that. That is very that's a that's a concern right there. Yeah, and I mean Yelich is striking out 30% of the time right now. That's pretty much the same as Javi Baez. Like that's not a category you want to be in, especially for the number two or number three overall pick in most season-long drafts here. Wow. Yeah, that's like Fran Mill territory. That's not good. Yeah. Oh, boy. Wow. Okay. Well, that's a good. That's a makes a lot of sense. He's hit nine home runs. He has walked a fair amount, but yeah, he's just not making great contact. Otherwise, it seems to be all or nothing. And you didn't draft him to be a, a three true outcomes guy. Really, that's not what you were doing at the time. No, you don't draft Joey Gallo number three. No, you sure don't. But uh, Ronald Acuna, you know, he did his part. Like I said, he played his role yesterday, five RBI. And when he's healthy, Acuna seems to be. I think it's fair to say. Do you think it's fair to say that Acuna's validated his status as the number one roto choice or no? Oh man, I mean that's I mean, I I would have taken Trout in hindsight, right? Like he is just absolutely murdering baseballs. Um true. I think you know, I think that's the him. injuries. The injuries have been a bummer. But that's I'm true. Saying, when he's been healthy, he's been you know, he had a two steal ba- uh, game. Yeah, yeah, ago, absolutely. And... I mean, he's going to be another top three pick next year, no doubt. Yeah. It's we're parsing, yeah, this is there's better things to talk about than that. But you're right. <laughs> Let's move on to the rest of the action Wednesday here on the morning relay. Cookie Carrasco, nice quality start, but uh, bad luck. You know, the offense, once again, talk about bad offenses. I always think of the Brewers and I think of Cleveland. You know, Carrasco, seven innings, one earned, looked really good, but they lose to the Royals again because he gets no support at all. 
yeah, when I first pulled up uh, Carrasco's uh, game charts, I was a little concerned because it said his minimum fastball velocity was 88.8 miles an hour. And it started out at like 95. And I'm like, there's no way that's right. So I looked at it by inning. And I think Savant is confusing his his um, his changeup sometimes with his fastball because his changeup is also 88 miles an hour. So I wouldn't be too <laughs> concerned about that dip in velocity if you are looking at that later. He was regularly sitting 93, 94, amazing 38% CSW. His four-seamer had a 55% CSW. That's awesome. Wow. Yeah. Awesome. He had excellent command of his changeup, and he kept pounding uh, below the zone, and he was getting a lot of swings and misses there. Uh, granted, it's the Royals, of course, but I know that we were concerned a little bit about him with a dip in velocity, but I'm not sure that that's there, and he looks to be fine. Yeah, I think we're uh, all clear of that. And it's funny, you think that, you know, StatCast and all these metrics related to it would have that figured out. They know the difference between a changeup and a fastball. Uh, get, get it together. Get it together, StatCast. <laughs> Although they did change systems this year, so maybe there's still some uh, quirks to figure out. The right. System. But you would, that's why we had a short season here, so we can screw up now and get it right in 2021. We get to have a full season. God, I can't wait. I'm so excited for a full season. I don't have to worry about like short season weirdo stuff uh, where rookies are playing a lot and there's no minor leagues. I am dreaming of that day, Carm. <laughs> yes. But I will say it's kind of cool having some of these rookies up. And Debbie Garcia is an example of that. You know, I don't I don't know how much he'd be pitching right now. I mean, maybe if they had the injuries they've had, he would pitch anyways. But Debbie Garcia goes seven strong. He matches Cookie Carrasco. Looks good. Gives him a desperately needed win because the Yankees have been atrocious. Um Debbie Garcia, rest of season, uh, somebody who probably sticks on the roster that they're going to count on now, or is it possible that you'd be concerned he gets sent back down because he has been coming up and down? I think he's going to continue to get starts. He's been really good when he's been up, right? Kind of kind of like Carrasco said, 93-94 yesterday. His CSW was only 26%, but when you throw four pitches almost 10% of the time and you're able to keep hitters off balance, I don't see that as that big of a deal. The Yankees obviously had a game plan with him of throwing fastballs high and sliders down. He has pretty good command overall. Uh, so that's that's what you want to see out of a rookie who throws a decent amount of pitches. I think he's gonna I think he's gonna stick up for the rest of the season. Interesting. All right. I mean, he gave up a few hard hit balls. That'll happen when you face hitters like Vladdy Guerrero, but it was a line out. He he got a lucky break on a, a line out <laughs> in the sixth inning with the 890 expected batting average for Vladdy, but that's been the kind of season it's also been for Vladdy Guerrero Jr. Just right. Not, just not catching those breaks. Um, Glaber Torres also in this game. He showed signs of life. It was good to see him produce because he's not been producing a whole lot this season. Obviously, he's a name. He's a guy that was, you know, top 30, top 40, top 50, depending on your draft situation. So it's not like we feel bad for him, but he's certainly underproduced this year. And He's had the injuries, but now that he's back and supposedly healthy, it'd be nice to see if he can cash in this season and help the Yankees get to a playoff run and maybe help fantasy managers get a uh, fantasy title out of it. Yeah, I mean, I did a relatively deep, deep dive on him this morning. And what I like to look at is to see how um, hitters are faring against certain types of pitches year over year. With, with Glaber, he's seeing a lot less fastballs this year, which he absolutely crushed last year. So obviously the scouting report is throwing him less fastballs. And he is, you know, he's not doing very well at all against breaking balls at all. He's whiffing 44% of the time against them. Last year, I think he only whiffed relatively lower 30% of the time, something like that. So he's cl clearly struggling with breaking stuff. 
Overall, he's swinging only 41% of the time, and he swung almost 52% of the time last year. So it just kind of seems like he's having trouble picking stuff up. He's making contact on balls more and less on strikes. So obviously his hard hit rate's going to be down. So he's just not getting his pit. He's not executing on the pitches he wants to. Hmm, that's really interesting. Yeah, he, I mean, he's a guy who destroyed the Orioles. Probably a lot of those were fastballs last year. <laughs> right. Up with the record 13 home runs against one team. That was so dumb. But um, hopefully the <laughs> Orioles will learn their lesson because they're going to take on the Yankees again at some point. You yes. hope they've made the adjustments because you just described it. I would assume the scouts in the Orioles scouting department have made the necessary notes. I would I would hope so. If not Orioles, Roto Fanatic has a ton of people looking for uh, <laughs> jobs like that. <laughs> yeah, hey, I'll give you a recommendation. Karm's a man. Look at it. He's dropping knowledge on this show this morning. And that's what you come here for on the morning relay. Talking about knowledge, fantasy style. And another guy I love, DJ Stewart. DJ Stewart has been dominating the baseball. He even hit a home run against uh, Jason Shrevin last night, who hadn't given up a home run to lefties this season. And DJ Stewart just seems to be dominating every ball that comes into his zone, or even out of the zone, for that matter. He continues to rake, and I love me some DJ Stewart because I always liked his his uh, game. He's patient hitter. Uh, he's a first-round pick. I mean, he's first-round pick 2015, so he's got a pedigree. And he's got the tools that I like. Uh, what do you think of DJ Stewart right now, rest of season? Yeah, so here, here's my story on DJ Stewart. Picture yourself, Mike, like July 10th, probably still sitting in your house, if I had to guess with COVID. <laughs> so Dwight Smith Jr. and Anthony Santander both come down with COVID. And they're, we know they're going to be out a while. I'm like, wow, wow, DJ Stewart is pretty much guaranteed everyday playing time for the foreseeable future. I'm bumping him up in my rankings for sure. I made him a top 100 outfielder going into the season. He started the season 0 for 16. Dwight Smith comes back from, from COVID. Santander comes back from COVID. Stewart gets optioned. I go, okay, I'll take the L there. A few weeks later, Dwight Smith stinks. He gets DFA'd. Santander on the IL for the rest of the year. DJ Stewart comes up. Four of his first five hits are bombs. It's insane. <laughs> That's a great story. A well-told story, too, I must say. Thank you. But um, in terms of the rest of the season, uh, he's just going to be your classic low-average homer guy. I feel like the Orioles kind of are designed to be that way with like Rio Ruiz and Renato Nunez. So that's nothing new for what their for what their lineup is. So you can expect that going forward. Don't expect you know home runs every night, but he could be a good source in AL-only leagues for sure. Absolutely. I come from an OBP league often. I'm, I'm playing a lot of OBP leagues, so I, I look at a guy like Stewart and I'm, I salivate because he's a good OBP guy. You're right. He's not a good average guy. So that needs to be stated. You're playing in Roto Leagues. You know, uh, He might not be the most beneficial guy for you, but anybody who's hitting as hot as he's hitting right now, he's good for any league at this moment. And as we cruise along here on the morning relay, thinking of DJ Stewart hitting another home run tonight, Jeff McNeil deserves credit because he keeps hitting home runs. And I was talking with Chris Clegg on Twitter. I saw he posted that he picked up McNeil at his trade deadline for his fantasy league on like Sunday. And ever since he's picked him up, he's given him nothing but home runs every day. <laughs> it's a gift <laughs> that keeps on giving, man. And Jeff McNeil had zero home runs on Sunday, I believe it started. And this is when the home run streak has begun. So he's not a home run hitter, but, you know, sometimes good hitters. He's a great contact hitter. They're going to hit home runs. So he's running into him right now. It's pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, I think McNeil hit over 20 homers last year, so it's not like he's, you know, Luis Uyas, of course, but... <laughs> <laughs> I <A> long <laughs> double. <laughs> I'm... Oh, uh, 
one of the spring trainings, I don't remember, 1.0 or 2.0, I was um I was hearing on Twitter that McNeil would take like this epic batting practice, just keep hitting bombs and just like grunt after every one. Like he just wanted to hit bombs like all season long. So I was kind of expecting the power to stay here. Unfortunately, it's just taken a little too long. He he's been the top second baseman by WRC plus over the last two weeks. He's hitting seventh in the order, so I, we've got to expect that to write itself, and he should be in the upper third of the order after after this nice run he's had. Well, they've had, the Mets have had a lot of guys that have been hitting too. Um, they, I mean, they're not short on offense. It seems right. most of the time. So uh, Brandon Nimmo, Conforto, even Andre Jimenez has supplanted yeah. Ahmed Rosario at short. He hit home run yeah. last night. So, Dom Smith is on fire too. Court, yeah, Dom Smith's been amazing. Loving that. People laughed at me. He was my very last pick in TGFBI, and that has cashed in big time. So not that yeah. I'm doing well. I'm getting smoked in TGFBI, but I will say Dom Smith, <laughs> last pick. That was good. That's a great last pick. Good job. Yeah, I, I mean, I didn't think he'd play this well either. I got to be honest, but. Hey, when Cespedes left, that opened the door, and it's been nothing but smooth sailing for Dom Smith. And the Mets' offense is outstanding. It really is. They're tops in the league in like batting average and on base percentage, but the pitching's been terrible. And yeah, that that's a whole mess over there on that <laughs> side of the ball. But Jeff McNeil, one of my favorite players too. I just want to throw that out there. I love watching him play. I love his game. Uh, another guy who deserves credit last night, Mister Isaiah Kiner Falefa. I used to think it was Falefa, and I listened to the announcers, and it's Falefa, Kiner Falefa. <laughs> Went four for four yesterday, and he throws in a steal. That's solid, solid game that he will usually bring you. This is what Falefa does. You know, he go, he gets on base, he base hits, not a lot of power. He steals bags because the Rangers love running. Uh, I like Kiner Falefa because he's got that C next to his name in certain formats, and that gives him a huge boost, especially with the eight steals he has. And I fully agree. I mean, for a catcher, you love the profile of high average and stolen bases. I looked at that four for four he had yesterday. Only two of those balls were hit hard. The other ones were hit like in the low 70s. So probably <laughs> a little lucky. But still, I mean, that's what you expect out of Falefa, right? High average steals. That's awesome for a catcher. Yeah, you're right. There's there's not a lot else to say, I guess, beyond that. But let's talk about a guy there is a lot to say about. Now, last night, Kyle Davies. I got go, Kyle Davies. Damn you it. did. Always- that's not right. I keep doing that. I've been doing that all season. Zach Davies, Kyle Davies. Zach, Kyle Davies was a crappy pitcher for the Royals, I recall, I think. Kind of flamed out. Uh, anyways, <laughs> this is about Zach Davies. Zach Davies of the San Diego Padres was smoking the ball past Colorado Rocky hitters last night. He struck out the first six guys he faced, and it looks like this changeup of his and the usage rate has changed his profile. What's the story on Zach? Davies. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he had 12 whiffs on 30 swings on that changeup. It was phenomenal. He was just dissecting that Rockies lineup the entire night. He had eight strikeouts, and he shows up on Eno Saris's command and stuff report almost every week at top of the at the top of the charts for both command and stuff. So mm-hmm. we were sort of expecting starts like this. Not that he's really been a huge strikeout guy, but he's definitely able to go deep into games. And Mike, I'm not sure, but I sent you over his game chart uh, before the pod, and you can literally, yeah. you can literally cut off the upper half of the zone against righties. He had, didn't throw a <laughs> single ball above basically, you know, half the strike zone. He used only the lower third of the strike zone for every pitch right, against yeah. righties. It's, it's like it's, basically in belt high and below. Almost. Right. It's absolutely insane. And he just dropped that change up low, getting swings and misses, getting weak contact. He was exceptional. He really was. And he's not known as a strikeout pitcher, but 
he's going to use that change up more. He's going to get more whiffs because everybody knows. I, I think this is common knowledge. Even to me, I'm not, I'm a dummy. I'm not some pitching expert by any means, but I know some of the best pitchers that get a lot of strikeouts are the guys that have the best changeups. You know, Johan Santana was legendary with his changeup. He got a ton of case. So if you could pull the string, I mean, Luis, Luis, Luis Castillo, that's like secret to his game. There's a lot of pitchers, as we know. And if Zach Davies is going to do that more often, then he might rise above the list as a guy who just gets sweet contact and actually becomes more of a strikeout pitcher. I agree. I, the only only small concern I have is that if you're a team looking at this scouting report, you know that you can cut off anything above belt high if you're a righty, right? Hmm. So you know where the ball is going to come. You just have to figure out if you're getting a fastball or a, you know, changeup which is hard obviously because the rockies probably knew that last night and still did nothing with him <laughs> yeah we're just a couple of doofuses talking fantasy baseball so if we can see it then yeah they probably are gonna have a, a heads up on that not that you're a doofus i'm i say doofus as a term of endearment by the way it's well, we're partners in crime so if you're a doofus i'm a doofus that's right PIDs, partners in doof. No, I don't even know what that means. This is stupid. <laughs> Anyways, this is a stupid show. That's what you come here it's, for. We're it's stupid. Better, it's better than being a, a DIC, a doofus in crime. <laughs> yeah, I was taking that in another direction, but we'll leave it there. Uh, okay, it is better than being a DIC. And I will say this this show is about giving you the knowledge, helping you win. We're trying to help you. That's all we're, we're about giving to humanity. And when we look at what we see on the field every night, you see a guy like Trevor Bauer. Now, Trevor Bauer is a complex guy. Everybody knows he's got a big mouth and says a lot of things that a lot of people don't agree with. And sometimes he seems like he's mean. You know, he might be a D-I-C-K at times. And, you know, that's true. However, the guy is a great pitcher and he's killing it this year. And he out-dueled Mr. U Darvish, your very own Cub, last night. That must have broke your heart to see U Darvish give up a three-run bomb to Mike Boustakis in the first uh, I know it's tough to talk about, Carm, but uh, how do you feel about this? Trevor Bauer takes care of business, and uh, you Darvish pitched. I mean, he still pitched pretty decent. He just gave up that home run, right? Yeah, let's get to Darvish first. He um he had back-to-back walk- walks in the first inning for the first time in over a year. Oh, wow. So that's that was yeah, very cool. weird to see starting off. It was a bit ominous. And then when I was doing my DFS research uh, the night before, I saw that Moustakas actually does not hit Darvish very well at all. So I was stunned to see Moustakas hit that three-run bomb in the first. What I was really impressed with with Darvish was that he he got it going again after that. I think in previous seasons, we would have seen him kind of fall off the rails, give up maybe six, seven runs with a lot of walks. But he was exceptional after that. He had a 32% CSW, and that was led by his sinker. Other than that first inning with the walks, he did have great command. And then getting to Bauer... Uh, the Cubs lineup is not good right now, first of all. So <laughs> I was expecting him to dissect that lineup anyway. He basically only used the fastball and cutter combination against righties, which is enough for Javi Baez to swing and miss over and over and over again. And then against lefties, he was using the knuckle curve and the sinker a little more. So he was really keeping hitters off balance, which is what he's so good at. <laughs> yeah, you know, I kind of feel like a moron now for acquiring Anthony Rizzo at my trade deadline on Sunday, giving he- up Alec Bregman. <laughs> yeah, not I, one for one. It was a pack. There was other got parts. It. Okay, okay. I mean, Rizzo. You know, he gets on base. He still has the power. He's no Brian or Baez, so that's okay. It it is an OBP league, so that's why I was hoping. Yeah. If it was an average league, I never would have done that trade because yeah. I mean, he's hitting what barely two hundred five right now. Yeah, he's barely above two hundred. Yeah, Baez is like two ten. Brian's like one ninety four. <laughs> but they're still you know they're twenty five and nineteen. It's weird. Yeah, the, you're right. The offense is putrid. It really is. But the 
I guess the you really do have to credit the pitching. Hendricks and Darvish and Jeffers That's, is kind of Jeffers has stabilized together. the pen. Otherwise, the Cubs should not be in first place. <laughs> I agree. I do. I think the Reds are a better team. I really do. But hey, this is a short season and goofy things are happening. So all right. Uh well, we want to wrap up the show here. I, do you want to talk about Tom and the Stella real quick, or can we just skip it? <laughs> I know we made, a, we made a big deal about it. Tommy the Stella currently for, of the Oakland Athletics, uh, been leading off a lot. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, I mean, you're going, you're going to get what he, what he, you were going to get with him when he was on the Angels, right? He was batting near the top of the order, if not lead off. He provides a solid average. He doesn't strike out a lot. He's going to get that runs upside, especially in that Athletics lineup. So this is just who he is. Um, he's probably not on your waiver wire in a 15-team league. In a 12-team league, you might be able to find the higher upside play who also provides more power. Mm-hmm. Um, but overall, you're, there's probably no action to be taken here. <laughs> okay, we got it in. Tommy Lestella makes the cut. All right, let's look quickly at Thursday before we wrap up the show here. This is the Morning Relay, Rotofanatic.com's daily breakdown of fantasy baseball. Uh, any DFS plays that are sneaking up into your uh, your beautiful mind right now? Yeah, you- I, I picked out one here. Um, Mitch Moreland, newly on the Padres. He's facing Trevor Cahill and the Giants tonight. He's got a he's slashing a two two eighty. 333, 720 with three bombs and 25 at-bats against him. And we know that Oracle Park isn't the pitcher's haven it used to be. So I definitely like that matchup. Nice. Okay. We got it in. Well done. Well, that's it. We're going to wrap up the morning relay. We got football tonight. So the I don't even know if people listen to the show anymore because the NFL is upon us. But still, we thank you for listening. Go to rotofanatic.com. Check out all the articles, the latest and greatest. We got to offer Pablo Mino's GPS report, Dave Funnels, going streaking, Absolutely wonderful stuff. Carm, tell people where they can find you. Yeah, you can find me at Carm's Clubhouse on Twitter. I have my, I have my own website, carmsclubhouse.com. I write uh, DFS articles for the Wednesday slate for Fantasy Pros as well, and you'll be seeing my work on Roto Fanatic a lot. That's right. We love having you, Carm. You're the man. I'm MJ Gobier on Twitter. You can hit us up on Twitter as well for the overall Roto Fanatic account at Roto underscore Fanatic. Send us, uh, you know, your your waiver wire queries, anything that's on your mind, we're happy to listen to it. You can send them to me personally. I love talking about people's fantasy teams because I'm a very, very sick man. All right. Thanks for joining us, Carm. Great show. Great job. Enjoy Thursday baseball action. Hopefully Garrett Cole can maybe get together against the Orioles, and we'll see you for the Friday show.